It's August 15th, 2022, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Cottonor. Our top stories today? It's been one year since the Taliban took the world by surprise, recapturing Kabul easily. While many expected the fall of the Afghan government, few expected it so quickly. The Taliban have not fulfilled most of their promises under the 2020 Doha Agreement. They have been reluctant to form an inclusive government in the country, while girls above grade 6 are not allowed to go back to school. Also, women are not permitted to work in most sectors, and they can visit public parks only on specific days. Afghanistan's economy is also now in freefall with the UN warning of a humanitarian catastrophe unfolding in the country. Despite the gravity of the situation, the Afghan crisis is receiving scant attention from the international community, as the Ukraine conflict and tensions over Taiwan dominate the global agenda. I think we could not have wished for much better than this current situation after leaving so precipitously last year. After 20 years of war and throwing good money after bad, we lost and the Taliban won. That does not mean that we should have continued to stay there, but it's hard to see all the progress we made wiped away in less than a year. Now the question is, how can we support the Afghan people without filling the Taliban's coffers? Europe's proposal to resuscitate Tehran's nuclear deal with world powers would blunt American sanctions against Iran's revolutionary guards and pave the way for Tehran to avoid further scrutiny of suspected atomic sites, according to excerpts of a draft of the text reviewed by Politico. Under the proposed text, Europeans and other non-Americans could conduct business with Iranian entities engaged in transactions with the IRGC without fear of triggering U.S. sanctions, as is currently the case, provided their primary business partner was not on a U.S. sanctions registry. The proposal would also open the door for Tehran to quickly resolve a separate standoff with the U.N.'s nuclear watchdog, which has monitored Iran's nuclear program over undisclosed atomic sites discovered in 2019 by linking resolution of the IAEA probes to the resumption of the nuclear accord. Despite these concessions in the EU draft, Iran has yet to accept it, saying this week that it was still reviewing the proposal. China announced more military drills around Taiwan as the island's president met with members of a new U.S. congressional delegation on Monday in a further sign of support among American lawmakers for the self-governing island Beijing claims as its own. Taiwanese media showed the delegation arriving for talks, but details of the meeting were not immediately released. The delegation was due to depart later today on a U.S. government plane. The five-member congressional delegation is led by Democratic Senator Ed Markey of Massachusetts. The other members of the delegation include Republican Rep. Amua Amada Coleman Radawagan, a delegate from American Samoa, and Democrats John Garamendi and Alan Lowenthal from California and Don Beyer from Virginia. 
Elsewhere, Russian President Vladimir Putin has told North Korea leader Kim Jong-un that the two countries will expand the comprehensive and constructive bilateral relations with common efforts. In a letter to Kim for North Korea's Liberation Day, Putin said closer ties would be in both countries' interests and would help strengthen the security and stability of the Korean Peninsula and the Northeastern Asian region, the KCNA news agency said. Kim also sent a letter to Putin saying Russian-North Korean friendship had been forged in World War II with victory over Japan, which had occupied the Korean Peninsula. Tragedy in Giza, Greater Cairo, where a fire caused by an electrical failure in an air conditioning unit killed at least 18 children and dozens of worshippers gathered for Sunday morning mass at a church. The toll currently stands at 41 dead and 14 injured, Egypt's Coptic Church said in a statement, citing health officials. Hospital documents obtained by CNN show the children were ages 3 to 16. The Egyptian president said he is closely following developments of the tragic accident and that he has directed state agencies to take the necessary measures to immediately deal with the tragedy and provide care for the injured. Government officials in Ecuador have blamed a deadly explosion in the port city of Guayaquil on organized crime. At least five people were killed and 26 more injured in the blast on Sunday. Ecuador's interior minister said it was a declaration of war by criminal gangs against the government. At a news conference late on Sunday, Officials said the attack was directed at two men who go under the aliases of Cucaracha and Junior and are linked to Los Tigrones, one of the leading crime gangs in Ecuador. Iran has categorically denied any link with Salman Rushdie's attacker, instead blaming the writer himself. Mr. Rushdie was left severely injured after being stabbed on stage at an event in New York State. He is now able to breathe unaided. Earlier, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken accused Iran's state media of gloating about the attack, calling its behavior despicable. He added that the U.S. and its partners would use every appropriate tool at their disposal to stand up to what he called these threats. Iran's state broadcaster highlighted the news that Rushdie might lose an eye following the attack, saying, An eye of the Satan has been blinded. In lighter news, authorities in Nigeria have uncovered a haul of crystal methamphetamine that was concealed in the heads of fish packed in boxes for export to Dubai. The haul was found on Friday in an 11.9 kilogram consignment that was presented for export at the Murtala Muhammad International Airport in Lagos. The agency said the haul was in 442 pieces, each wrapped with foil paper and concealed in the heads of hundreds of smoked catfish. They were carried in seven boxes. The freight agent who took the boxes to the airport was arrested. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at the dsrnetwork.com.
members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief and bonus weekend briefs. Last weekend, I spoke with Tiseke Kasambala, Director of Africa Programs at Freedom House, about the recently released U.S. strategy towards Sub-Saharan Africa. Go to thedsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes to read our sources and tune into our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief. (laughs) 